The following production is brought to you by the Talkin' Buds Leave Show. Talkin' Buds Leave Show, a rare Saturday edition of the Talkin' Buds Leave Show, a weird sort of Friday, Sunday weekend, as opposed to your usual Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. Can I spin a little yarn for you here off the top? Yeah, go for it. So, I have not been to a ton of Leaf games post-pandemic. I haven't had, like, really the opportunity to go down. I'm also someone who's, like, pretty vocal and open about, like, unless it's, like, a playoff game. They talked about this on Dangle's Pod a few weeks ago. Unless it's, like, a high-stakes playoff game, I'm happier to sit at home and watch the game and see everything and not spend 25 bucks on a beer and do all that. So it's, like, it's not something that, like, I do all that often. So... Me and my buddy last night, let's get some last minute tickets. Let's, you know what, let's go. He and I were downtown for a concert anyway. That didn't start till later on. So we're like, let's, you know what? Let's get some last minute tickets and let's go to the Leaf game. And sure enough, the first Leaf game that I go to this season is just a burn the tape, 6-2, ugly loss to the Ottawa Senators a weird game too like we got there right as like the the player intros were happening and they're like starting a net Ilya Samsonov and I'm like what what like where's Matt Murray and then during warm up Nylander hits Murray in like the collarbone and my understanding is Murray pulled himself yeah he went he went right to the bench talked to a trainer and he was done it was a very quick interaction does from that, what I saw on the broadcast. Does that worry you? I don't know. It's it's kind of like, I mean, it's it's hard to believe that goalies, like, don't get hit there more often because you, if you look at them up close on the broadcast, like, they, they don't have a neck guard on. They have no neck protection at all. So, and, and it's not like Nylander came in and, and clapped one. He just, he just kind of shot it on net and hit him on the collarbone, and who knows if it's serious or not, but... I mean, he, it looked like he he got hit. He went right to the bench and he pulled himself out. I just think, you know, there's been a lot of questions about Matt Murray and like if he's okay upstairs and like dealing with injuries. And like, ironically, um, they were playing Ottawa last night and his rep in Ottawa was he never played. He was hurt all the time. So I don't know. I just, it's, and and then you throw... It was compounded because Samsonov's been on a heater. He shows up at the building. He's not expecting to play. I'd imagine your pregame routine when you're backing up is different from when you're actually playing. Oh, of course. So he finds out last minute that he's going in. He's not, his head's not in the game. He, like the team in front of him was brutal, but like he didn't have his best game. And now you worry like, is this a momentum killer for for the heater this guy's been on? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he did not have his best game at all. He got beat on a lot of clean shots, but it was just it, to me the that it was just compounded with 
34 not being in the lineup. Yeah. Like so it's just Austin Matthews. I find it again, pick up Leaf, not two minutes after I grab the tickets to go to the game. Leafs PR tweets out Austin Matthews on the shelf three weeks with a sprained knee. And it's like, oh my God. And the two games he missed, it was it was more load management. So you're like, all right, that's fine. Like I I, I could see them giving any like two games off to anybody who has a nagging injury, but three weeks. And and you brought up a good point that maybe this is the best time of year for this to happen. But yeah, they've got the they've got the the new thing they started a few weeks ago, the the bye week coming up after yeah. the after the all star break. Which I think is a good thing. Like, yeah, yeah. Quite honestly, like as as two people who who watch every single game, it's nice for everyone to just take no, a I, few I'm, days. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm really burnt out, and I'm looking forward to the All Star break and a bye week. Yeah, I'm and, really looking forward to it. And listen, I'm not saying I I fully believe that Austin Matthews has a sprained knee, and I'm not saying that this is like there's a conspiracy going on here, but. I also don't think Austin Matthews is upset that the sprained knee is going to keep him from participating in the all-star weekend festivities. Yeah. That's just, that's just my opinion. No, it is a good time for it to happen. It, it really is. It's just watching this team without him. Oh, it's painful for any stretch of time. Painful. Is, is, it, it is painful. It, it just watching makes them me without him. like really stand behind my theory of, Pay this guy. You just pay this guy whatever he wants and make sure he's a Maple Leaf for life, and you figure out the rest. So, I don't want to dwell on on the six two loss to the Sens in isolation. It's just a bad game. Wonky thing happened in the warm up. It's a it's it's a weird Friday night. It's just a weird game. But if you look at the last week holistically, like the loss to the Habs and then the two wins against the New York teams and then the loss to the Sens. There's good stuff in there, like the come from behind win against uh, the Rangers and like just the, their bat. But you're seeing old leafy things starting to creep in, which I would call concerning. Um, two things stand out for me. One, we like if you go back a few weeks to when we were in November, early December and we had Sam McKeon and Dean on and everyone were talking about, man, this team, their defensive structure is, this is the best they've ever played structure-wise. That's gone. That look, The amount of clean looks that they're giving up in their own zone, the amount of turnovers in their own zone is off the charts. The structured defensive zone play is is not they're just yeah they're they're back to like what i saw in uh pretty much all the games going back to last saturday it's just they're kind of back to, the, the forwards are kind of back to blowing the zone again yes, yes. and it, it really puts the d in an un, unfair situation because you can only go d to d so many times and when another team is putting good pressure on you like if you don't have an outlet pass like you have no choice but to turn the puck over like it looks like a bad turnover for Riley Timmins, any of those guys. But when you're when your forwards aren't back to give you support and they're blowing the zone and and they're leading into what you said too, it's like all of a sudden they're scoring the type of goals they used to score too. Where it's like sometimes when they blow the zone, it works out and and they do get opportunities. But it's kind of led back to 
the D giving away pucks because they got no one to pass it to. There's no there's no outlet there. So it's it's so they're giving up a lot of great chances, uh, like trying to trying to leave their own zone because they got no one to pass it to. It's kind of a moot point now that he's hurt, but there was a couple things I saw this week with Matthews and Marner back together that I, I didn't like, I don't know what it is about playing with Austin Matthews that makes Mitch Marner want to just do nothing, but behind the back between the legs passes, but it's just like, stop doing that. Like stop doing that. He was so effective when he was on his uh, heater earlier this year, because he was just dominating in the offensive zone and getting pucks on net and shooting and whatever. And I don't know, man, like you put him, you put 34 on that line with him. And I actually think Matthews as a sidebar, Matthews out of the lineup, you really notice how important he is defensively too. Like he, he always picks up his guy in the, in the defensive zone. And I just, yeah, I don't know. There's, there's habits creeping back in that are, are concerning. I've also noticed that Matthews is a lot faster than I give him credit for. Like he, he really pushes pace. Like him and Nylander both do an incredible job of taking the puck from their own end and entering the ozone. And when he's not in the lineup and John Tavares is your number one center, even though I will say that Tavares did have a pretty good week, a little bit of a bounce back week, but you really notice that the speed, the team's speed and their, their top six really 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 drops without so Matthews up there. That's um that's a good transition into my second observation. And I'm going to say this and someone watching is going to be like that's literally the case with every NHL team. And it's like, okay, cool, but we're talking about this one. So shut up. They they did get a significant injury down the middle. The, this is a completely different team. Yeah. Like yeah. you're looking at the, that bottom 6 is to me, that's what I'm most worried about. Like you're, you need guys who are going to in the playoffs score a big goal for you when it matters. Because we've seen in in all these past years, like the the stars, like when when the Leafs play Tampa, okay, Stamkos, Kucherov, Matthews, Marner, kind of cancel each other out, right? And you need, what's the, I can never, who's the guy who's got, got the two goals in game seven? Uh, Nick last Paul. Year? Nick Paul. Like who, who, where do you see that? Who like, is Pierre Engvall going to score you a big goal in game seven? No. Is the most expensive fourth liner in the league, Alex Kerfoot, going to score you a big goal in game seven? No. It's so it's like, you're looking at, you're looking at it and you're like, this isn't good enough. And like you, I'm going to give you your flowers right now, okay? A few weeks ago, you said, you know what happens when you elevate Pontus? He's not Pontus anymore because he's, he's, not, he's not ready for that. And you see that now with the Matthews injury. Everyone moves up, and it's, it doesn't look, he's, yeah, he's not in his right spot. It's, it's to me, that's, I don't know. Like, I'm not. I'm not negative. Like they had a couple great wins this week, but I just look at this team as currently constructed and I'm like, who, who's going to, who's going to score the big goal? Oh, you made a good, you make a good point. It's it. 
this team is built on skill. Like, that's fine. for If your top six is built with skill, like, I think that Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, like, they, they do enough offensively to get away with that. But when your bottom six is equally as soft as your top players and just bring nothing different, it's just, you're, you just have a less productive soft line in your bottom six. Like, you don't have a tough fourth line. Your third line is not very tough either. So it's just... The you could seriously make the case that Kyle Dubas has done not a very good job of constructing the bottom six of this hockey team they, to, to put any any sort of different look at any other team. It's like, hey, let's shut down the two top soft lines, and then we just have to deal with two non-productive soft lines after that. This situation with Alex Kerfoot is brutal. Like, you know what's sad though is if you look around the league, there's probably like three or four guys in the same position where they just have a overpaid fourth line who sucks. Yeah, like he he's making three and a half million dollars and he's playing on your fourth line and he's not even that effective. And he's there. got the yips and it, it, like whenever he has a chance to make a pass or have a one timer, he just got the yips yeah. too. He's the, lost his, all his offensive <laughs> ability. And like the thing he's, his, his trade value has also never been lower. And this is dude. I laugh so hard when some of these like delusional leaf fans on Twitter who are like, this is the deal I would make to bring in Timo Meyer. And it's like, San Jose is going to make that deal. Are you kidding me? Like, they're like, oh, yeah, sure. We'll take Alex Kerfoot back. Well, they're tanking anyway. No. no. Yeah. No. I mean, we're, these are, these are two, like, these are two very prominent cases and of the firing of Dubas. Yeah, like, like that, the, that that is gonna go down as one of the worst trades in Maple Leaf history. And Kerfoot he basically traded Nazem Kadri, who eventually Kerfoot. won a Stanley Cup as a second line center, which is what your team needs for Alex Kerfoot. I know Barry was in there, but I just, that guy doesn't exist to me. And then you've constructed a bottom six that is similar to your top six in the way that they like present themselves physically, but are just not productive come the most important time of the year. I Those are two very important things that can't be overlooked. We've talked about them the last couple of weeks. I, if I wanted to sit down, I would really have to think if there's, in all my years watching the Leafs, if there's a player that I find more confounding and frustrating than Pierre Engvall. Like, this guy has all the tools, and he just... Six foot five, dude, and he's and he's like from all accounts Huge. from anyone who's ever seen him with his shirt off, he's shredded. Yeah, and it's like he's a, like, I just like, what are you, man? Like, like, what are you? Like, I look at him and I'm like, you don't score enough to be an offensive like depth piece, but you're also not that great defensively. So, what are you? He's literally just a north-south winger. He's a guy. Winger. Yeah. He's a guy. He's a guy who can only be effective north-south. As soon as this guy tries to move laterally, he, he's awful. Well, he like, also you know? does. He, well, but, like, if you were a great four-checker, then it's unreal. Be a north-south guy. But you, you don't hit anybody. And you're, you're like... <sighs> and then they've got <laughs> another... Like, and they've got another... Like, like Bobby McMahon. Like, there's... There's a lot of things about Bobby McMahon that, like, there's a lot to like about Bobby McMahon. Like, big guy, like, whatever. But again, it's like, you're you're just another guy. And the, the, the guys that call it from the Marlies, like, Joey Anderson, nice hockey player, but, like, a guy. They, they don't have any, 
They don't have any like difference makers in their bottom six. They don't have a guy who is going to go out there and score you a, 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 like, remember, like I always think about when the Pittsburgh Penguins won their back-to-back cups or went to the cup final back-to-back years against the Detroit Red Wings in the second year when they won and they're in game seven and Max Talbot scores both the goals for the, for the Penguins. It's like, who, who's doing that on this roster? Who in that bottom six is going out there and scoring you a big goal? I don't even think it's, I don't think you can get like one guy to put on your third line. It's just, like they're like there's just they need to be like a, a line identity, you know, and that line identity is just soft. Yeah, like you know, like sometimes they do cycle the puck well in the. It's not like they're awful all the time. Like there are some games where Engvall, per foot and camp, when they're on the third line, do a good job of cycling the zone and and putting pressure on. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to the big boy time of year, they just they don't have they don't have that. I know exactly what you're talking yes. about. It's just exactly that Nick Paul scores the big goal. Yeah. The, who's doing, who's, yeah. who's, who's doing, like, who's scoring that goal? I don't know. Yeah. And it's, it's concerning. It's very concerning. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not, it's not great. I don't, I don't, I don't feel great. I mean, the only thing I can feel better about is say, say they're going to play Tampa tomorrow. Okay. Like, I don't feel good about their bottom six. I don't feel good about a lot of things. The only thing I feel good about is that, one of their elite players wearing the number 88 has stepped it up to another level and maybe he can, he can help them get over the top. I, I don't know, but the bottom six, I don't feel confident at all. Yeah. And I don't know. I, uh, that was my big takeaway watching that last night. And it's like, also the, the black Bieber unis, it's the same when you're there in person. Like you, you, you can't see who, who it is the numbers on the back. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just was watching it last night. And I'm like, look, like this. This has been a challenging season, and I, I think I've, like, one of my buddies. He's the biggest diehard Leafer of all time, and and he just flat out said he's like, I, I'm having a hard time watching this season so far. Oh, there's so many like, reasons for that, man. Like, it's why, why, why is he having them? Let's let's like for him, like he, he's. Like we're doing a weekly show, so we're we're watching every game. I think there's like two games I haven't watched this whole year. So, like you're living in it when you're watching it that much. So it's like you can't just come on here every week and be like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. Nothing matters. The only thing that matters is April." Like there was a stretch there where we felt great about the way this team was playing, and like they looked great. And for a second, you're like, "Wow, maybe maybe they maybe they can do it." But they were just on one of those hot runs. But for for someone who isn't invested every single game, but still is a diehard Leaf fan. Like they are, they do have the mentality of this all doesn't matter. Like it really doesn't like, well, and this is, so this brings me, and they've been talking about this a lot on, on overdrive lately about, I think a part of this too, Ryan, like this is a league problem. Like the, the, the hard cap, nobody can make a trade. Like nobody, like these poor guys, like the the Elliot Friedmans of the world who like, what are you reporting? Nothing. Like you can't do anything. The, the Leafs and Lightning, we've known that the Leafs and Lightning are, are playing each other in the first round since mid-November. Yeah, yeah. Like, so like, that's why last night, like I'll, I'll give them a pass on, on just like kind of mailing it in, especially in the third period against Ottawa because like they know. Like it's happened. I'm barring some sort of epic collapse, which I don't think is going to happen. 
Like, this is it. Yeah, they like, might there's play. There's no way this is good for business. There's no way. Like, could you imagine if they were in, like, a race for the division with the Bruins? And now part of this, too, is because Boston is just having this incredible renaissance of a season. But if they were in a race for the division. It, it, yeah, think, yeah, if the division was more competitive, then, yeah, it, it probably would make a difference. Yes, and I so I think, and also the the way the playoffs work where, where you have to get out of your division first. It's not like, like if, if it was the, the old one through eight thing. And even if I'm pretty sure if you lined it up right now, if it was one through eight, they'd still be playing 10. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I don't get is people want to go back to that format, but it, it kind of always works out to way what it is now. But I think, I think if it was one through eight, you'd have more of a chance of like, what if Pittsburgh catches Tampa and, yeah, and then they play Pittsburgh in the first. Round. Yeah, yeah. What yeah, if yeah. the Rangers catch the Leafs yeah, and then yeah. the Leafs so drop can, down? You can move around. More. Yeah, I think it's. I think it. It just allows for more. Like this is such a bad idea. Yeah, it makes your division look kind of like less important, and it's more just kind of the Eastern Conference yeah. again. Dude, it's such a uh, like Gary Bettman just makes poor decision after poor decision after poor decision for the health of this league. This is a. a the Toronto Maple Leafs are, like, part of yours and my, like, DNA. Like, we grew up watching this hockey team. We're diehard fans of it. So that's why we watch, and that's why we love it, and that's why we're there. But if you're a new person, and you're like, I want to watch the, the National Hockey League. I want to try and become a fan of the National. The National Hockey League as a product is awful. It's awful. It's it's awful. Like, there's no, there's no, like, look at. Look at the NFL. The NFL playoffs is still going on. And it's like, are they going to trade Aaron Rodgers? Where's Tom Brady going? Oh, all these coaches get fired. All these new coaches come in. The NBA, there are people who will tell you that they like the NBA offseason better than the actual season because there's movement, right? It's like, it's brutal. Yeah, but Gary's happy because the Seattle Kraken are fourth in the Western oh Conference. Oh my God, man! Like it's it's not a good product. It's pretty. It really shows you where the NHL has come. Like when in in the early two thousands, late nineties, when like Nashville, Columbus, Atlanta came into the league, like they 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 never got to a point where they were good right away. Like they sucked yeah. for years yes. to the point where some of them didn't even survive. Like Atlanta didn't even survive. You have Vegas, a, a an expansion hockey team, makes the Stanley Cup final. Well, in the first year, and then Seattle, second year, they're 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 in fourth place. They're they're an unbelievable hockey so team. Like, that's just, why the hard. So that that is Gary's number one priority, and that's why the hard cap exists. So yeah, exactly. there's parity and all. Which these is all he cares about. Yeah, it's all he cares about. Yeah, but I think like as a product, I think there's pros and cons. Like I think. If if they had a soft cap where the Leafs could go get someone and pay a luxury tax for doing that, I just think it like what these I'm not I'm not gonna criticize them because it's it's the networks that make them do it. All these guys are gonna get up at 8 a.m. on March 3rd or whatever the trade deadline is and sit there with their suits on. And be like, today's the deadline. It's like, yeah. nobody can afford to do anything. Nobody can afford to make a move. It, it would be nice if, like, all these names actually had an opportunity. Which, like, they they may go. Like, I think the, the Canucks are, are a very motivi- motivated franchise to actually get stuff done. But 
on a year-to-year basis. It'd be really nice if all the names on top of the quote-unquote trade board were actually tradable because teams had the ability to trade for them. Like, could you imagine the Canucks right now if if there was if it was a soft cap? They'd be able to unload all these guys, and teams would go get them, and then you'd have the kind of the top teams like like Carolina, the Carolina Hurricanes, second in the in the Eastern Conference. Okay, imagine they were like, you know what? We're gonna pay the luxury tax, and we're gonna go get Bo Horvat, and we're gonna do that, and that's gonna put us over the top this year, and we're gonna make a run, and we're gonna try and win a cup. Kyle Dubas, guy's job is on the line. For God's sakes, you know what? We're going to go and we're going to get Timo Mayer or Ryan O'Reilly or whatever. And we're just, we're going to pay for it. And we're going to, we're going to, we'll eat the, the luxury tax. Cause we're, we are trying to win a Stanley cup. And it's like, no, we can't do that because we need to make sure Seattle is competitive. Like it's just the, the proof is in the pudding. How many people are going to watch the, the Kansas city chiefs have become sort of this era's New England Patriots. How many people watched, as much as, like, you're a fan and he, they, they have, like, a diehard following, the Dallas Cowboys. How many people watch the Dallas Cowboys and are like, I really want the Dallas Cowboys to lose? So if you allow for a luxury tax in your league and you allow some of these, like, heavy hitters with more money to load up, it's, be- it's I'm telling you, it'll be a more entertaining product than ensuring the Seattle Kraken are good in their first two years. Like, what are we doing? I, I just I just wonder where, like, the bar set for hockey, you know, because all these insiders who work in this city, they, they always do a, a good job of walking the line between kissing Bettman's ass and, yes. and, and criticizing him. But... Everyone to a man would say that this league has been profitable underneath Gary Bettman. But, like, what's the bar? Like, maybe we, like, yeah, that's nice. But, like, maybe it's time to raise the bar and yes. Yes. kind of get to another level uh, with this I think, sport. I think in the United States of America, there is there is a ceiling for the National Hockey League. I, th- I, I don't think it'll get to the level because hockey is just not, it, it's certain parts of the U.S. Yeah, no, it's just, it's, yes. it's, re, it's like, it's just. State want, to state, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like everyone up north, like there's, there's you, you have your your Chicago's, your Boston's, your Phillies, your your Minnesotas, your like Ra- New York Rangers, yeah, yeah, like that. Those Pittsburgh, yeah, yeah. Those, those teams will always survive. St. Louis, but it's I do think there is a way to make the league. So I do think there's a ceiling. I don't think they're at that ceiling, and I think there's things that they could do. First of all, I can't believe like I we. I didn't want to go down this road because you and I could literally sit and do an hour-long podcast on this. I don't think there needs to be 32 teams in this league. I, I think, really I think don't. everybody can agree with that. I really don't. I think if you got this down to like 26, 24, 26, you'd have more money for everyone else to spend. You'd have more good players on those 26 teams, and it would just overall be a better product. And it's just, I don't know, that Gary has grown it from the standpoint of like it's there's 32 teams and they're because of the salary cap, they can all be competitive, but like, I don't know, like what's give me a, give me a, give me an NHL team. I can pick on here. Let's, let's pick on somebody. Columbus blue. Do do the people in Columbus really give a shit? 
Yeah. Like, do do they really care? Like, honestly, like, do do most people in Columbus really care if the Blue Jacket, if the Blue no, Jackets, that's a Buckeyes place, man. Yeah, if the Blue Jackets disappeared tomorrow, would I'm sure that there is a there's a there's a nice um, contingent of season ticket holders who would be very upset if the Columbus Blue Jackets disappeared tomorrow. But for the most part, would anybody really care? No, no. Especially right now. Yes. So, like... And they've, they've never been good either. So, why are we handicapping all the good teams in the league from really going in and taking this... Like, every year, Gary, the Arizona Coyotes, the most irrelevant franchise in all of pro sports. There's that one. They they, they actually are yes, the, most, the irrelevant. most irrelevant franchise in all of pro sports. Yeah, yeah, they really are. Every year, Gary... Our playoffs is the best playoff tournament there is in all professional sports. I don't disagree. You know what would make it better? If some of these big boy teams were able to load up. Like, could you imagine? The Bruins are a freight train this season. Could you imagine if the Leafs had the ability to go, we need to go, we need to stock up here. Like, we're going to have to come up against this team. We need we need more. Like, you and I just went on a, a rant lamenting the bottom six. Wouldn't it be great? If they could go get someone, pay a little extra money and go and get someone to load up that, like, God, it's just never going to happen. It's infuriating. Well, it's never going to happen as long as he's That's what's so annoying. It's like everything just sounds so logical and it makes all the sense in the world. And I feel like most people would agree with you, but it's just, it's just never, it's just not going to happen. Like, it's just, maybe they'll flip the playoff format around. Like, that's one thing I will, that they, they will do eventually, I think, but. I don't think the salary cap's going anywhere for a long, long, long time. And I know that there's people who are listening and are going, yeah, well, they had the pandemic and the cap was yeah, flat see that, and that's, whatever. That's what gets thrown in your face was just like, oh, the cap was going to grow every single year. doesn't matter. The pandemic. It's still, but honestly, even if the cap was higher than it currently is right now, it's still a hard cap. Every team. So like if you're, if you're a cap team right now, even if you added $10 million to the salary cap, all those cap teams would still be cap teams. That's no like there's no difference. I always like the concept of having like one like I forget who brought it. It might have been Merrick, where it's like you just have one player exempt from your cap. Yes. Like Austin Matthews is your max player. Because you know why that is such a good idea? Because it would make it more entertaining, yeah. Gary. Like, man. It's just like you have a max player, and that player doesn't count against the cap, and then you get to fill around that player. I brought Vancouver up, okay? They're in the worst spot you can be in because they've got to unload all these guys, and they've got to start again. Could you imagine if there was, like, a luxury tax or something? that Give them a little bit of wiggle room. Maybe we, Maybe you could do a quicker retooling. And wouldn't have to bottom out and start from the ground up again. Well, here's and this this comes back to the Leafs. It's it's you have like Tavares is going to be gone. But if you look at what Marner's making right now, he's not going to take less than what he's making right now. He's yes. probably going to want more. Nylander's going to want significantly more. Yes, and he's earned and, it. And you're kind of at the point where it's like you got to get rid of one of them because yep. you, they've just priced themselves out of your cap system. Mike, man, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Like, we got we got to we got to get going here. We've been here too long, but. We talked about a couple weeks ago, Mike Bunting. You're Mike Bunting is in such a unique position because Mike 
you can go at the end of this season and you can sign a $4 million deal with the Nashville Predators. For four and a half million a and, year. And go and be, go and play in Nashville and be Mike Bunting, a guy in Nashville who makes $4 million. Or you can probably sign here for um, $2 million and leave leave $2 million, a lot of money, leave $2 million on the table, but you're a Toronto Maple Leaf. It's it's that that is fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. The same thing happened with Zach Hyman and he chose he chose to go to Edmonton. And you know what? Right now it looks like he made the right decision because yeah. the guy's got what is 25 goals now? Yeah, anyways, like we we haven't really talked about this a whole lot this year, but I just I had this moment lately where it's like cuz we're getting closer to the deadline and I'm so tired of everyone just drumming up all this like fake interest in trades. People can't do it. It is so hard to make an in-season trade. And this, and this, and it, 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 people are truly bored because Drager was like, it's still way too early, and we're and we're or, like we're already like two or three weeks into talking about the deadline. Yes, and it's still over a month, kind away. of far yeah. away. Yeah, <laughs> like that's how that, there's nothing to talk about. Yes, nothing. It's boring because you can't you can't do anything. No, because. The Leafs are second in their division and they're playing the Tampa Bay Lightning and we've known that since November and neither team can start preparing for that and go, like have an arms race develop and start stockpiling depth pieces because it's a hard cap and you just can't do it. No, you can't. You can't. It's brutal. I don't, I don't know if Kyle, like, what, what, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll, we got a lot, yeah, we got a lot, we got of time. A lot more yeah. time talking about this. Yeah, we got a lot of time and it's like... I. I don't know, man. Like, it's brutal. Like, he's, it's, it's, it's a brutal spot to be in. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad that we got that because I've been wanting to rant about that for a while because, God, come on, Gary. Like, it's just, this league has, it's, there's another level that it could go to that could make it so much better. And it just, it just can't go there because we have to account for the friggin' Arizona Coyotes, for God's sakes. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, there's, and there's two different things. There's things they can actually adjust. And then there's like pie in the sky things like getting rid of franchises and shortening the schedule, which are two things that are never going to happen. But if there's just a good brainstorming team that likes like being a little looser on the cap or finding ways for teams to, to get better rosters, like that would be nice. You know, the thing about Gary Bettman that is so frustrating. And this is the last thing I'm going to say. Keeping the Arizona Coyotes on life support is for a m- while now, too, is more important to you than ensuring that the race leading up to your playoffs and in your playoffs is as entertaining and as in like engaging and as exciting as it could possibly be. Like to me, like Boston is arguably their like one of their top American markets and like they're, they're on a historic pace right now. They could have maybe the greatest regular season any team's ever had. Like when you want that team to just load up and become an absolute juggernaut and plow through everybody in the playoffs. I've said it forever, man. Like I hate the Bruins, but like, this is an opportunity to have like, kind of like a, a team that everyone can hate because they're so good. I've, I've said it forever. I've said it forever. I, don't want to listen to your parody argument. It's dynasties 
and juggernauts are good for business. That's true because the NBA, I find the NBA to be boring this year because there's no the juggernauts like, are kind of gone. Yeah. You know, it's just every there's talented players are scattered throughout the league. Now there's duos instead of trios. There's no more super teams. And it's and it, like maybe I didn't like the super team at the time, but there's a reason why the NBA is kind of boring this year. There's there's I'm, every team's kind of like there's no there's no dominant teams. I'm I'm sitting down on Sunday and I'm rocking my orange and black because I'm so sick of the Kansas City Chiefs, but they're so good. Yeah. So it's like, it's so compelling. It's like, I'm, I'm tired of watching you, but you're so good. Ugh. Yeah. No, point taken. All right. We got to get out of here. Um, we'll be back later in the week. We got the, we got the little break coming up, so we're going to have to figure out maybe we'll do some sort of special show in, in that um. And that little window. You can just continue this conversation yeah, on, yes, the on the yeah, on the on the state of the National Hockey League. Thanks everyone for checking us out. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word. Tell your friends. We really appreciate it. We'll catch you guys next time. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know? And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast, heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.